Welcome to Coffee Talk. This is an intimate conversation about parenting with the gospel in mind. I am Jeff Summers, the pastor of Student Families at Perimeter Church, and this is my lovely wife, Cammy, the melody in the song of my life. Oh, I like that one. I thought you'd like that one. <laughs> so today, in episode nine, we are continuing our series on teens and technology, and today we're talking about barriers and blockers. Okay, so barriers and blockers. I don't want just like a little barrier or a little blocker. I want like a giant barricade that goes all the way around my child and protects them. Because I've heard so many horror stories about the dangers online and everything that I just want to kind of put them in a bubble so that they're not accessible. Put them in bubble wrap. Bubble wrap them, you know, put all the way around them and their eyes especially so they can only see good things. But then, because I'm reminded of your the verse you talked about, about being, what is it, wise as, innocent as doves, but wise as serpents. But then also I'm reminded of the fact that you said that the problem isn't out there. The problem's in here. That's right. It's something that we really have to keep in mind when we talk about this. And a lot of times when you talk about internet safety, for example, parents are always like, give me the biggest wall I can get. give me the software because <laughs> that's going to solve all my problems. Right. I totally get that. And it's not going to solve all our problems because I wish it would. like you said, the problem is in our own hearts. It's not out and out there problem. And because it's not an out there problem and it's in our hearts, we need to remember that when our kids sin online or right. in person, what's happening is the temptation just reveals what's already in their heart. Right. And we have to, I have to constantly remind myself of that, even no matter what we're talking about. Right. For sure. It's not out there. The problem isn't out there. But so when we are talking about barriers and blockers, there is a season of life when we do need to just protect our kids. Like it's not the equipping season, it's the protecting season. And then as you're moving into adulthood, like from little kid, teenager years, young adult, you're slowly taking away those barriers and blockades, but you're also teaching them self-control. And, and honestly, some kids might want to keep the barriers and blockers on. Like, yeah. Well, and the barriers and blockers are part of our strategy that we have to have if, as we walk along this virtual highway with our kids so that they have tools to help navigate the pitfalls that are there. Right. So that they don't have to. I, I'm reminded of we had a student in ministry years ago who we went over to their house, their parents' house, and the computer was set up and he had sticky notes all over the side. Remember that? To keep him from the ads that would pop up. Right, on the sides. Because yeah. they would draw him into looking at things he didn't want to look at. And so if he would put the sticky notes on his computer so he wouldn't see them. Right. Remember that? Yeah, because that sometimes, sometimes on the side is some lingerie ad pops up and right. that starts you down a path you don't want to go down. Right. So what are we protecting them from? We are protecting them from inappropriate things they may view or inappropriate people. Right. From risky behavior. Right. And then also from the amount of time that they can s spend online. Right. It's something that is, we should be monitoring. Right. Okay, so... And not just the amount of time, but when is another aspect. Right. When yeah. they're online. I had a friend whose, whose son was getting up. He couldn't get up for school. He was having all kinds of problems, grades and everything. And I, she was telling me the story, and I remember saying, 
I think more is going on here. I think you need to investigate a little bit more and come to find out he was getting up at 2 in the morning to play video games for three hours and then going back to bed. So he couldn't do school because he was playing video games in the middle of the night. He got in trouble. I bet he got in trouble. Or sometimes they're in those conversations. That's very normal to be in those conversations in the middle of the night with friends as well. Yeah, so... um, yeah, so how do you barricade and blockade against 2 o'clock in the morning? What they did is they ended up taking the computer to bed with them so wow. that he couldn't get it in the middle of the night. Yeah, that's that would be really uncomfortable if it was a desktop. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, let, so let's talk about that. The steps that we need to take to safeguard our home, what are those things? The first is just where is your computer and the story you just told is your computer in a public space? If they're laptops, that's harder to control because they can take it to the room or take it wherever. If you have a desktop and you keep it in the main living space, that in and of itself is a protection because they know people can look over their shoulder at any time. Right. Um, we need to keep this in mind, especially in regards to cell phones as well. Um, it is normal for a child, unfortunately, to take their phone to bed with them each night and use it as an alarm clock or have it with them, or that may be their reason for wanting it is to use it as an alarm clock. Go buy an alarm clock. Uh, because <laughs> We learned that we fell yeah, into that trick with our did, first yeah, child. Yeah, we made that mistake. But the second child we learned, don't do that. Exactly. So how, how, do you know how many, uh, it's usually between 80 and 90% of students and people in general who have smartphones take them to bed with them. And isn't that the worst? You get texted in the middle of the night or get an email or something in the middle of the night and it wakes you up and then you're awake for hours. Well, how much How much sleep has been stolen by cell phones by in our By cell room? phone, yeah. So it's something to keep in mind. Uh, and I will say this in dealing with teens all the time is the cell phone is the main place where they get in trouble uh, looking at inappropriate mm-hmm. things. It's not, oh, it's not usually the laptop, it's the cell phone. Um, another barrier you can put in place is idleness, uh, believe it or not, or idleness isn't the barrier. Idleness is the problem. But I just want to point that out that it, it makes sense if you think about it. But as parents, we often don't, that if your child has a full day off of school and you and your spouse both work, so you leave junior at home right. all day long on a day with nothing to do, yeah. they tend to get in trouble on those days because... Yeah. They don't have anything going on, so I'll get online and just start surfing, and then I find something I shouldn't, and then that leads me down the rabbit hole. Right. So that is something just to be aware of as a parent. That's not really a barrier or a blocker. That's a danger zone. It is, but I want us to be aware of it. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing as a barrier is iPhones have gotten way better. They used to be harder to block. and They are hard to put things on. I will say the iPhone especially. Android phones are easier to put software on iPhones are more difficult, but iPhones do have much better controls and parent controls than they used to. Now you can go in that section of your phone that says... um, Screen time. Screen music. Thank you. It says screen time, and there's family sharing, and you can control all of your kids' amount of time on each app and what time of day their Mm -hmm. phone shuts down and all kinds of things. That's very helpful on the newer iPhone systems. Yeah, more than once we have been texted from a child going... I need more time. <laughs> yeah, but that's great that it just pops up. Right. It's so convenient the way they've done it. So uh, kudos to the iPhone makers. All right, so what software? I mean, that gets that's the question we always well, get. And this is going to date the episode because software changes. Absolutely. All Last the time. thing is the, just to check browser history, which is an easy right. thing anyone can do. 
on e on your cell phone browser and on your computer browsers because it's just a, an easy way to check what your students are looking at. Yeah. Your kids. And build the expectation that you're going to check. And know that they can clear the history. Oh, yeah. There's no barrier and blocker that a, a determined team can't figure out how to get around, right? That's true. So I'm not going to talk specifically. I mean, I'll recommend a few kinds of software, but I do want to just talk about the different ways software works because that's important that you know what kind of software you're doing and getting. And I'm just going to be honest. I don't understand anything that he's going to say in the next few minutes because we've had this talk many times and I think my eyes glaze over. So if you're not particularly techy, you know, the whole coffee talk, talk amongst yourselves. And if you are a techie and you can understand, listen in. <laughs> okay, so I'll try not to get too techy. Um, the first is, does your software block or follow? And that's easy. So a blocking software you tend to want for younger kids so that they can't get anywhere. But like with my 18, 19-year-old son who's about to go off to college, blocking him when he's about to have no blockage blocks helpful. Is, or barriers is not helpful. So for him, we used a software that would follow where he goes, and then you choose an accountability partner. There's a couple of softwares that do both. X Church Watch and Covenant Eyes right now are popular softwares that can either block or follow. I have Covenant Eyes on some of our devices, and that's what we have used. Okay, I have a question about that. So yes. do they have to have buy-in to that? Um, for the following software? I would say, again, for the kid, the younger kids, you don't ask them and they don't pick an accountability partner and you just block. Right. But I'm saying like when you've got an older team, pre-college, they need to have buy-in. Like if they're committed to looking at stuff that they shouldn't look at. Nothing you put on there is going to Nothing's going to help. But if you do I mean, have an you accountability. You can block them in certain spaces, right? which actually leads to our next type. So there's, okay. there's, there's one type that blocks your router. So that means if they're online in your home, mm -hmm. no matter what device they're on, the router has the blockage. Okay. Okay. The router is what your internet comes through. Right. The problem with that is if they're on an iPhone or a device that has, can talk to cell towers, they just okay. turn off the Wi-Fi coverage and they'll go straight to the cell phone. So okay. see, uh, the router can make you feel safe when all, it's really not that safe. But then that eats up their data moment data minutes, right? That's true. It will use up their data. So uh, if they're using too much data, you might know that they're not making good choices. So some of sometimes the software you put is on their device. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's on the router. Sometimes it's both. Sometimes there's a virtual private network is another kind. So some software uses a virtual private network, which puts that on each device that then they go through that network and then to the internet, and that's where their protection comes. But we have found virtual VPNs, what they're called, can create a lot of problems. Like sometimes schools don't allow VPNs, or my son's workplace, the VPN kept him from checking into work, and we had to take it off. Right. So the that problems. can create problems in and of itself. And then lastly, not to get too techy, there's something called OpenDNS, which actually protects you at the cloud level. Okay, and that one actually just tells your phone or computer where to go in the internet to get the information because there's different servers. And so you can go to an actual protected server before you go to the internet. And that's how OpenDNS works. You have to, if you're going to use OpenDNS, I would recommend as a parent, get someone, I tried to do it myself, get somebody who <laughs> knows what they're doing technologically because that one's a little more complicated to put on devices and at, at your home. Okay, so if... Our only strategy is barriers and blockers. What's the problem with that? 
Yeah, well, one thing, it can make us lazy. Uh, typical, and I, I fall into this, I'm a lazy parent in this area. So yeah. I might put a, a software on there and walk away and then find out three years later I've never updated it and there's all <laughs> kinds of holes right. and I just forgot about it because I checked the box, right? That's right. what we want to do as parents is check the box. And then we think our kids are protected when we haven't even bothered to update Mm -hmm. things. Or you get new devices and forget to put it on there. Mm -hmm. Um, we got to remember that our kids are more tech savvy than we are. And so when we think, oh, I've locked everything down, no, you haven't. Like some (laughs) of you may have a, uh, a gaming system, for example. All gaming systems now go online and they have web browsers in them. Guess what? So you've locked everything down. And your kid gets on their gaming system and surfs the web and can find whatever they want. Oh, wait a second. Your smart TV does that too. Um, Yeah, so you can do it through gaming systems, through televisions. And then even if you lock down every single thing that you have and you know you're covered, I have known many students over the years who got a friend, gave them an old cell phone or an old laptop, and you don't even know it's there. So you're not protecting from it because you didn't even know it was in your house. Right, which brings us back to the temptations are not really out there. It's in your child's heart. And right. so what are you doing to go after your own child's heart? Does your, does your child's heart want to do good? Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. If they're a Christian, you do have uh, an opportunity to appeal to that. Right. If you know your child's not a Christian and they have show no desire for God, this is a much more difficult thing. I think being the cop and setting the blockers in place can sometimes be some of the only thing you can do if you, as you try to speak to their heart. But I think even if you have a non-Christian child, you can talk about the consequences for bad choices. Like, I do think that, you know, I, I love that I heard once in a seminar, a lady talked about how the internet and pictures on it can be like b- drinking bleach to your brain. You know, mm-hmm. like, I think if we can, if we can equip our kids with information of like drugs have this consequence porn has this confidence consequence like if we can educate them sometimes that can help a child who isn't necessarily wanting to do good because of the holy spirit in their heart but they don't want to end up unable to get married because they've got this addiction that is keeping them from intimacy <laughs> that would be bad <laughs> right no that's a great point that and there is common grace insights and things consequences great things that you can talk to your kids about. I guess the point I was trying to make is when you're having this conversation with your child, if the Holy Spirit is informing you and your conversation, it sure is nice when the Holy Spirit's informing their right. decision-making For as sure. well uh, to help you in that struggle. Well, and even if even if it's not or even if you're not sure, you can definitely pray and God can guide you. Absolutely. Sure. But the, the point we want to make is if barriers and blockers is your strategy, that's a problem. It needs to be a part of your strategy. Right. But it should not be... In fact, I don't think it should be the main part. It, to me, it should be a part. But you going after their heart and having conversations and knowing who they are is a, is a better is a better way of looking at that. And that leads us to, to the scriptures we want to look at today. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Um, you know, that there are things seeking out our kids. Like you said, those ads pop up on the side of the screen when we, when we don't even seek out for them. Yeah. And, and many a student I've talked to over the years, especially younger kids, get hooked and addicted into things because 
an email or an ad or something pops mm-hmm. up that takes them to an area they're not actually looking for. Or maybe they, they search for something and accidentally go into a place they weren't intending to go. Well, and predators, which we haven't even mentioned much of, you know, not befriending people you don't know is so important. Right. Um, I did a talk a few years ago where a student went home and immediately defriended someone that they'd just been talking to that was kind of asking inappropriate things and pushing them farther and farther. That's so scary. Okay, homework. Tell me what the homework is. Well, first thing is to investigate and discuss barriers you think are appropriate at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a great thing to do with your spouse or if you're you're a single parent, just to think through those. Um, What types of barriers do you need and what are the vulnerabilities in your home that you need to address? Right. And we'll have some links in the show notes, right? Yes. Okay. Um, How much time do you spend addressing your child's heart versus policing their actions? Mm. You know, if you spend all your time as the cop, you're going to be a cop. Right. And instead of really talking to them about Mm -hmm. what's going on. And one way to get them to open up, we mentioned, is share with your child how these things online tempt you and that you struggle with them. I mean, even if it's a time commitment, you know, I struggle to be too much on my phone. Right. Um, And that's a great thing to share as as you're talking to them. Finally, check your computer browser history. Look at the parental controls on your devices and discuss what's reasonable and realistic in your online strategy. Okay, this episode has gone really long and we're sorry for that, but there's a lot of information we wanted to share with you. So, Well, thank you for joining us in Parent You. We get it. Parenting is hard, but you are not alone. God has called you to be the parent of your child during this time, and he will equip you. God has called you to be the parent at this time, and he will equip you. Amen. Amen, amen. I like it when you said it better. (laughs) Have a great week.